We would love to have, have Calvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield. What's Calvin Ridley? Calvin's out there. Calvin's got it. Five-yard line into the end zone. Touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jammer. Third and three. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents. Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday, uh, Tony. I'm told uh, fresh incoming tomorrow as Ryan Nielsen, the defense coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, will speak mm-hmm. this afternoon. Uh, how many times will we hear the word attack in tomorrow's <laughs> open? Apparently, Over that's under three times. Word. Three times. That seems reasonable. I'm going to... I don't know. Pockets is in control of this. If we set it at three and a half, I mean, uh, that's a lot. Like instead of the Jaguar roar, it just has him screaming attack, 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 attack. attack. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, he may go crazy with it tomorrow, but we'll hear, hear from Ryan Nielsen today uh, coming up in about three and a half hours. You'll hear that, uh, of course, they'll stream it over on Jaguars.com. You'll hear it on 1010XL and 92.5 FM, not on the apps, just on the radio broadcast mm-hmm. portion of things. So uh, today uh, we'll ask you about what you'd like to hear, what you'd like to ask Ryan Nielsen or what you'd like to hear asked of Ryan Nielsen today. And, you know, he's got to answer certain things a certain way. You almost want two categories. Give me the brutally honest answer because I've seen some people ask some questions that you're just not going to get the response you're looking for. No. If you ask a question a certain way, you know, uh, why do the Jaguars get pushed around so much late in the year? I saw that one today. Well, the guy's not going to come in, take over a new group of guys, and immediately start talking about how they got pushed around. At least I don't think that's how he's going to try to ingratiate himself with the returning players on the defense this year. Probably but, not. Yeah, we'll see how that all goes. So we'll talk about that uh, today. Um, you know, I heard the guys talking about it with you, and, and before that this morning, it's it's not a great mystery, I don't think, what the Jags are going to do with Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley no. at this point. I think the point you've been making, Tone, is a good one. Even if the Jags have engaged, if if Trent Baalke left his press conference a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and went right to the phone and called Josh Allen's agent, right, which it doesn't appear they had because at the Pro Bowl it still seemed like they didn't have contact. But let's say since then they've had efforts to reach out and find some common ground. What you've been saying all along, if I'm Josh Allen, don't I want to find out what the market's going to bear? What's yep. Brian Burns going to get? What's Daniil Hunter going to get? Because based on my production and the combination of production and age together, he should be expecting more than either one of those guys Slotted in the market. just ahead of those guys, whatever they wind up getting. And, and the Jaguars can make an offer that he would be getting that likely before you even see what those numbers yes, you are, can. right? Like, they can make that kind of offer, but that would be pushing in the high 20s, right? But You'd if you make that there. offer, if you're, if you're in Allen's camp, and I get that offer before free agency opens up of $28 million, let's say. Yeah. I'm assuming that's your starting position. 
right? I mean, and that's the thing about negotiations, right? We all know they got to end up in a certain place, but everybody wants to play the leverage game. And I don't look, if you've got it, if you're Josh Allen, are you blaming Josh Allen if you want to play the leverage game, right? I'm not. I, I mean, just as a person listening in the audience, if you're a fan of the Jaguars, you know, we'd all like to say, oh, you know, it's a lot of money. He's going to be fine either way. Sure he is, but this is his opportunity to cash in big time on what he's worked most of his life towards, you know, to play football at the highest level possible. And he he put himself in position to get drafted as a top 10 player, played out that rookie deal. Now he's ready to cash in. And, you know, who it's easy for us to say, hey, don't hold out for that extra couple million bucks. Sometimes they don't, but you know what? Uh, Would you say that to your son or daughter if they're in the job market, you know? Yeah, I thought last year with Evan Ingram, it got complicated once we, they put the tag on him. And it was, okay, they're going to extend the time they can negotiate with them, right? Figure out what the long-term deal is going to look like. I thought part of it, to a large degree, was last year, too. What do these free agent tight ends get, right? And it wound up that none of them got anything. No. Right? It's the way that it worked out in free agency last year. So the Jags didn't even have anything to play off of uh, when it came to those kind of deals. I think the guys we're talking about now, Brian Burns, maybe he even winds up back in Carolina again. Like, that may be how that works out. And it's like, okay, that didn't help anything. Daniil Hunter's not going back to Minnesota without a deal being done. He's not going back on the tag, right? They can't do that again. So they're going to find out at least what the market's going to bear on Daniil Hunter, what that deal is going to look like. So they're going to get something from somewhere that tells them what that may look like for Josh Allen. And I think, you know, if I'm in his camp, I think that's the right way to handle it. Even if you want to just get it done and Josh is telling you, if you're the representation and Josh is telling you, I want to be in Jacksonville, that's where I want this to wind up, and you're the representation. You said, we're going to get you there. We're going to get you there, and we're going to get you paid, Josh. Right. Right? Like, that would be what I would be telling them throughout the process. You don't have to worry about it now. We'll take care of all that. You're going to be playing football in Jacksonville. We'll get to the money when we get to the money. We'll keep you in the loop about everything that's going to be going on with this. But I think at this point, He's going to wait to see. That camp is going to wait to see what happens with Hunter and Burns. I don't see any reason for them not to this deep into the process. Yeah, the Daniel Hunter thing is interesting because he's been consistently more productive than Josh Allen. Yeah, and Josh yes. Allen had 17 and a half sacks this year, yes, but Daniel Hunter had 16 and a half. Yep. And if you look historically at what he's been able to do year by year, he's been a much more consistent, much more productive player, but he's also going to turn 30 this NFL season, right? Yes. So how much do you balance that out? Now, 30 is not ancient for a pass rusher, necessarily. It's a position that there have been some really good ones that have aged fairly gracefully into at least their early to mid-30s. Uh, so it's not like Daniel Hunter's 29 as of today is, you know, dead man walking. No. Uh, but I could see him getting – I mean, I could see it go both ways. You could say, hey, Daniel Hunter – maybe on a little bit shorter-term deal, has a higher average annual salary than Josh Allen because he has been more consistently productive to this point in time. Uh, But the age could offset the length of the deal, something like that. Anyway, you know, just in listening to uh, you and Dan and Jeff talk about it, I I don't see how, at this point, we're all not going to be shocked if they get something done with Josh Allen and don't have to apply the franchise tag. Absolutely. It's clear. I mean, you you hear it every day. We play the Trent Baalke clip. Uh, Josh Allen will be a Jaguar. We know that they know in the back pocket they've got that franchise tag available to them. And we also don't know what they're saying with Calvin Ridley. Like, it it would benefit Calvin Ridley even if he wants to test the market. Like, if the Jags 
wanted to sign him and take him off the market, what would you have to pay him? Right? Like, I'd almost rather wait and see what the market would have to bear mm-hmm. because I don't want to be bidding against myself. I don't know exactly what Calvin Ridley's going to get at 30 years old. I, I think it's going to be a fairly big number, but I don't think you're going to put yourself too far behind the eight ball, and I don't want to give up that second-round pick. So i got to wait to the start of the league year to get something done. But if you come to terms with Calvin Ridley's camp on something like, hey, man, we'd like to sign you to a three-year, $60 million deal. I don't know what the number mm-hmm. is. right? And he's like, yeah, you know what? For all the things, I'd like to come back. You gave me a chance. Uh, I get to grow with Trevor Lawrence. No state income tax. I'm from Florida. All the different reasons why he might want to stay here to build on the continuity. All right, we just need you to wait. We just need you to wait. until We're not going to pull it. We need you to wait until free agency opens up because it's going to benefit you more. You're going to have a better teammate on your roster. Mm-hmm. And they've got to understand that too, right? Yeah. Like, I, I just, there's no way they're signing Calvin Ridley and forfeiting that second round pick when you've gotten this close to the start of free agency. Yeah, At least I don't, I don't see believe. it as a real possibility either. Right. I mean, because what would it take to, to, to induce Ridley to give up the chance to at least hear what other teams have to say? And so you risk overpaying and giving up the higher pick along that way. It's just going to be a tightrope walk, man. We're going to, I think, franchise tag Josh Allen. We're going to not hear anything, you know, get done uh, in terms of negotiating on a long-term deal. And then free agency is going to open up. And hopefully they announce that that they've made an offer to Calvin Ridley right away. But, you know, I, I tend to agree with Jeff. There's really nobody out there that would excite me about replacing him. It no. doesn't mean I wouldn't want Marquise Brown on this roster or Gabe Davis on this roster, but I think that Ridley can do more all around that those guy, than those guys can do. And uh, I, too, don't want the wide receiver depth chart to look like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Parker Washington as your potential top three. Now, that would likely change going into the NFL draft, but, again, you can only address – one thing per round in the NFL draft uh, at the way things stand right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I don't know if they're going to give a high pick to a rookie wide receiver to come in in what seems like a pretty good wide receiver class, by the way. You might be able to get a, a contributor in the late third round that, that could help you out this year. But, you know, you're going, you're talking about the difference between a, maybe a walk-in starter mm-hmm. with the 17th pick and a guy who could, quote, contribute. Yeah. And looking at the names that should be available as free agent wide receivers, right? We've talked about Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we haven't talked about Darnell Mooney out of Chicago, but he is going to be a free agent. So inconsistent. I know. Gabe Davis. You can say the same thing. You're oh, no. in a PFS list right now, right? Because yeah. Darnell Mooney's one spot ahead of Gabe Davis, yeah. which I don't know if I agree with that. Honestly, yeah. uh, Odell Beckham, nah. Tyler Boyd, eh. Curtis Samuel, Kendrick Bourne. DJ Chark, Michael Thomas, Josh Reynolds, Nick Westbrook-Akeen. I, I mean, some all these guys have some value to some degree. They got right? a role. Right. Like, Josh Reynolds is still a, a good player, right. but, but it's, he's not a, That's the Calvin Ridley. Ridley thing, right? Like, Calvin Ridley comes – he's the only one of those guys we mentioned that you can look at him and say – that dude might be the one. He's your one, yeah. yeah. For like this that, team, he would be, I Like, think. that dude has the ability or the co-one. to be a one. You know, in the league. So, he's the only one that you're talking about there, as we talked about a couple days ago. It's not that I think it's impossible that Calvin Ridley hits free agency. Someone else is willing to offer him enough money that he says, you know what, I got to go. Right? Like, I I don't think that's impossible. I don't even think it's necessarily all that unlikely that that's the way that it ultimately works out. And 
If it does, it does. That stinks. They bought him for a year. They paid the third round pick and the what was it, a fifth uh last year that they gave up. Is it a fifth? Yeah, third and a fifth. Uh for for Calvin Ridley, and it stinks that they couldn't work out the long term deal, but what's the plan? Right? Because those options that we just put out, those are the free agent options to address it. So what does that look like with Christian Kirk going back to the top of your depth chart as the number one wide receiver in your depth chart, at least, whether or not you think he's a true one in the league, it it probably changes the mathematics with what you want to do with Zay Jones because you don't want to have to replace four guys, you know, from you don't want to replace two guys starting on the field necessarily in one offseason, but you can. And if you're going to do that, then what does that look like? You know, because those are the options that you're going to have available to do that. Josh Reynolds, he's an okay player. Right. Well, I mean, it would be like going back to the year prior when you had Marvin Jones Jr., right? It's that kind of guy. A a veteran who's got a usually reliable pair of hands, is not a game breaker, is a solid player. And Marvin Jones was a more accomplished player. For sure. In his career uh, than Josh Reynolds has been. But Reynolds is just an example of a veteran who's who's a solid, good player. He's a good player. If he's like your third or fourth receiver, that's okay. Yeah, it's Zay Jones. Right. It's it's Now you're having to build your entire wide receiver room with Christian Kirk and three Zay Jones. Or right? Christian they, Kirk they all do and, different things. and a guy picked 17th overall. Right, like it doesn't mean that they're all going to be the same body as Zay Jones. We're talking about the production that you get out of the player because you may want a guy that's, you know, bigger body, that kind of guy. Okay, you may want somebody else that's smaller more the slot guy, even though that's what Christian Kirk seems to be the best at, right? But he didn't do that year one here all that much. He did it some, but he was asked to be an outside wide receiver just Mm -hmm. as much. You know, his first year here in Jacksonville, he was super effective doing it. He is his most effective out of the slot, but that doesn't mean that's going to be what he's going to be asked to do next year if Calvin Ridley walks. All right, uh, we got to take a pause here. We'll come back. We'll continue the discussion. If you want to be a part of it, a lot of ways to do that. We'll lay those out in a moment. We'll talk about the uh, shooting that took place at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. And what the hell, man? Uh, just another, uh, you know, it seems like daily occurrence. Uh, but uh, don't know all the details on this. But hardly 22 people got shot and only one person got killed mm-hmm. in this whole thing. Uh, so I guess that, you know, one way of looking at it is, we're fortunate we're not hearing about a lot more deaths today, although apparently several people still in critical condition uh, coming off of that experience. Uh, today's question of the day has to do with Ryan Nielsen. The Jags defensive coordinator will hold an introductory press conference in about three hours and 15 minutes, which you will hear on our airwaves as well as on Jaguars.com. If you want to stream that bad boy, you certainly can. What is the one question you would ask Ryan Nielsen uh, today, if you had that opportunity to do that, we'll go through some of those uh, that we'd like to hear answered as well. Obviously, you can get on board today at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines as well as the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Hello, pockets. Uh, I don't think I've greeted you this morning. No, you did. Eh, Good greetings. morning. Greetings. Are we Good looking morning. at good weather tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. It'll be about mid-60s. It'll be all right. Sticking a peg in the ground uh, tomorrow because it looks like it's going to rain all weekend long. But that's then. We're worried about the Jags right now, at least uh, focused on them for the next hour, 45. And you know the ways to get in, including the YouTube chat as well, if you want to throw a question or comment 
in there, you can do that. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, we continue on here, Jaguars, today as uh, we'll talk defense a good bit today with Ryan Nielsen scheduled to speak to the media and thus the fan base for the first time coming up at 1.30 this afternoon. Uh, This one, Tony, on Twitter from Doom, talking about the Allen-Ridley dynamic, right, which I feel like we've gone around in circles on. We're kind of in a holding pattern on, honestly, at this point, he says, the discussion makes me angrier about Balky than anything else. He's down to the deadline on two important players to the point we have to stress about and likely will lose one of them. I don't know if it's likely that they will lose one of them. Is it more likely that Calvin Ridley is a Jaguar or not a Jaguar if he makes it to free agency? I don't know. Um, I would put it at least about 50-50. That's what Demetrius said a couple days ago, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's expressed a desire to want to stay here, and I think the Jags have to know kind of what the ballpark is going to be, at least what they're willing to spend, and they can't know what the market is going to bear. So maybe they will lose him or not, but then he falls up. It's a ter- it's terrible roster management even if they both stay. See, that's where I differ. If they stay, they stay. You don't have to like the process. Mm-hmm. But if the end result is they're on the roster, then how's it bad roster management? I mean, I, I get it. You know, you, and we can sit here and go, oh, you should have paid him this. You should, you could have paid Josh Allen last year. And what if Josh Allen had gone out and had seven and a half sacks again? And you're paying him 20 million bucks and we'd be having a completely different discussion. And I know you, how you said you felt about how he was going to have a breakout season, but the three previous years didn't indicate that necessarily. I think getting lost in that whole discussion about all of that and anyone who would have been on the side of, well, just sign him to the extension last offseason and offer him what? Right, I'm offer serious. what? Offer him what? Because four years 80 ain't getting it done. If I'm Josh, I'm like, no, I'll play the year. And, and there would have been a lot of people that would have balked at why are you paying a guy $20 million right. bucks when he had one double-digit sack season four years ago. Like I think if you offered four for 100, he probably says yes to that, right? And yeah, you'd be saving a little bit of money on this end of it right now because I think he's going to wind up north of 25 when this deal gets done, whenever that happens to be. I do think he's going to be above that number. And maybe last year, four years, $100 million would have been enough to get it, but... There were plenty of people that I know would have been, what are you doing? Absolutely. What are you doing? Given this guy who had one good year as rookie year. One good year, like what? three or four years ago. Right? And it wouldn't have mattered how how much I was like, I get it. I or get one, it. Well, let me say this. Not one good year. One exceptional year. Right. Right? Like it, and I, that's and I exceptional been, money. If they had figured out that deal with Josh Allen last offseason for four years, $100 million, I would have been like, good, it's done. They don't have to worry about this going forward, and I think he's going to have a big year. But I would have been, I honestly feel like in the vast minority with that opinion on Josh Allen signing that kind of deal last offseason. And clearly, he and the Jags couldn't figure anything like that out, right? And I doubt whatever offer was being made was that high. And I think it would have had to have been that high for Josh Allen to say, yeah, let's get it done, right? I think it would have had to have been in that kind of range for that deal to have gotten done. It didn't happen. I don't think that's bad roster management. I think that's what happened with a really good player on your roster who had a breakout season on top of all that, and now it's going to be looking at getting closer to that $28, $29, $30 million a year, and he should. Uh, Hassan Reddick is rumored to be – 
on the trade block, right? That they've given him permission to seek a trade yeah. or not, depending <laughs> on it, right? And Hassan Reddick is playing on a three-year, $45 million deal that he signed before the 2022 season. Yeah. And then he went out in 2022, had 16 sacks, and in 2023 had 11. Yeah. So you go, oh, he's declining. Okay, well, his last four years, 12 and a half, 11, 16, 11. He's been pretty damn consistent in the yes. low double figures, right? And do you think you could sign Hassan Reddick for that deal right now? I don't know if you could. You know, I mean, even going forward, is what is he going to get? And so you look at that and you're like, "Real, we're ready to pay Josh Allen 20 or $25 million last year mm-hmm. when he was coming off three years where his highest total was seven and a half sacks? Why? It, right. it make it make sense to me why you would have put him in that salary bracket um, and yeah, you'd have him done now, right? I, and again, it, it would have had a year of people questioning. Now, the way he played, they would have said a uh, pretty good yeah. foresight. It would have got over it quickly, but right, they going into got the over year, it. but going yeah. into it, that would have been the discussion. But regardless, look, they, we know where they're at right now. We don't know what they're going to do, if anything, in the next three weeks to try to get something done on one of these fronts. Uh, they know where they're at right now as well. And, look, their quarterback has expressed a desire to have Calvin Ridley back. I think we all want Calvin Ridley back. Yep. You know, We all would prefer maybe T. Higgins because he's five years younger, but we're not getting T. Higgins, it doesn't look like, nor is no. anybody else because he's getting franchise tagged by the Cincinnati Bengals. So most yep. of the big-name guys won't be available yeah, this year. And you didn't have the information last offseason that you have now. Right? The informative deals – with these guys that are going to be signing deals this offseason, or Bosa, who reset the market at 34 a year, it's Montez Sweat getting 24 and a half, right? And Rashawn, and Rashawn Gary, Gary getting, getting 24. 24. Those are the ones that set the market now. Right. For, they, they hadn't happened. Right. Everyone that's in between those two guys, because Josh Allen, I feel like, is closer to Bosa than he is Sweat, right? As far as the impact that he has on the field for this football team. I do think he's closer to Bosa as far as the impact that he has than he is Sweat and Gary. Well, that puts him well above the 24 mark. Maybe not 34, but he's somewhere in that middle. And right now, none of the other new contracts are in that range. You got to figure out exactly what it's going to look like. Likely going to be somewhere around 30. You know, Sweat's been basically Josh Allen, basically, right? I mean, seven sacks, nine sacks, Five, eight, and then this year, 12 and a half. And he got in the midst of his 12 and a half sack season, he got $24.5 million. Yeah. And Josh Allen's like, what? I got 17 and a half. And and, uh, by the way, my numbers were comparable to those other numbers most of those years as well. Plus, I did have a double-digit sack year, and I did make the Pro Bowl. Um, He's got two. So now he's got two, right? So um, anyway, that's, you know, is it mismanagement? The fact that. They're both not under contract, or that at least one of them isn't is not ideal. But that's a little bit of the circumstance where you find yourself. Did you want him to get something done with Calvin Ridley, you know, prior to now and give up the second round pick? I don't think so. You had to see. I mean, I'm still fine. I I said it at the time, so I'm not going to go back. Mm-hmm. It was worth it to me to risk what would likely be a third round pick and a fifth round pick to find out if getting Calvin Ridley in could jumpstart Trevor Lawrence, reignite Calvin Ridley's career, take this offense to a higher level. It did a lot of things. I heard Dan talk about it today. When you look at the, the receptions, yardage, and touchdowns all together, he's one of only three Jags to hit those three in the same season. Mm-hmm. right? So it's one of the more productive receiving seasons. Put it this way, outside of Jimmy Smith, 
Not too many guys putting up anything close to what Calvin Ridley did. Yes, Alvin, uh, Allen Robinson, excuse me, uh, had a 1,400-yard year. He had one. He had he a, a huge year, and that was a better year, and there's no doubt about that. And then he got hurt towards ACL, and who knows what his career path would have looked like with no the doubt. Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars and might have been one of the highest-paid uh, players at his position staying here in Jacksonville, but it didn't go that way. Yeah. I, like, I wish – the Jags in their front office would have been a team that could look forward enough to know what they could have offered Josh Allen that he would have said yes to last offseason and gotten it done. I wish they could have known, had the foresight to know what that number would have been, the magic number that would have got him to say yes. I, I, I'm not surprised they didn't. I don't think it's poor management that they didn't because nobody did. Everyone was still waiting on Bosa to get the deal. Bosa didn't get the deal till the season started, right. basically. Like, everything was waiting on what is Bosa going to get paid? You think the Jags are going to be the team that's going to be like, yeah, okay, 30, that sounds about right. You kidding me? Just setting the market. Like, no, that's never been what Baltimore and, and 30 for a guy who, again, had not had double-digit sacks right. in several years. And trying to convince a guy that the numbers that you might have been comfortable offering, if I'm Josh Allen, I'd probably say, no, I'll play out the year. No, I'll play out the year. Fifth-year option, that's fine. You want to offer me $20 million a year? No, I'm playing. 23 Eh, I'll play. Right? And we'll see what happens. And he'd be in the same position he is right now. Not right. that he's not interested in being bad. He'd be in a stronger position, right. maybe even, having turned that down and knowing that that's what they were willing to pay prior to 17 and a half sacks. Yes. But either way, he wouldn't be any worse off uh, position. Look, hopefully they'll get something done in the next three weeks. But if not, uh, I, I still think it's at least a coin flip, if not better, that Calvin Ridley's back with the Jaguars. And I get it. Other teams can bid on him. As well, but there there are some inherent advantages that I believe that they have. Not across the board. Like if Kansas City comes knocking and they're willing to outspend you, mm-hmm. do you want to play with Patrick Mahomes and make more money? Well, then you're probably not going to have him back. You know, yeah. and yeah, if uh, that's the case. Yeah. If that's the case, and Kansas City may be looking at it like, you know what? Why should we pay any receiver twenty something million bucks as long as we got Patrick Mahomes? He's going to elevate these guys through for three thirty three in the Super Bowl. Yeah, with Kelsey and a bunch of who is that guy catching mm-hmm. the football? So uh, they may not look at it that way uh, as well. You know, there, there's I think that's a lot of wish casting uh, by fantasy football people want to see Patrick Mahomes with an alpha receiver uh, in there. But nevertheless, all right, well, we've uh, seen what that looks like. It's Pretty dynamic. Looked pretty good, yeah. right? That that looked great, but I mean, they've shown they 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 won that Calvin two Ridley now. Is Tyree, but, they've won two yeah. since they've gone the other direction in terms of investing yes. in their team, and they will have holes that they need to fill as well going into this off season. So uh, that's one of them. But are they willing? If they weren't willing to give Tyree Kill, probably at the time was like between twenty five and thirty. Mm-hmm. Are you going to give? Calvin Ridley at the age of 30, who's done nothing for you, 23 a year, 25, I don't know, which might be what it takes to outbid teams on the open market right now. All right, uh, when we come back, let's talk about the the story that's been buzzing since yesterday, Tony, the uh, what went down at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade yesterday, and what, if anything, can be done to prevent this kind of thing in the future with some of these celebrations. Don't know if there's an easy answer to that question, but got to look into that a little bit as well. If you want to get in today, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines, you're certainly welcome to our Jaguars today. Question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. If you could ask new defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen one 
question today at his introductory press conference. What would that question be? We'll discuss those coming up as well. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. You know, by the way, if you're happy with Travis Etienne, thank the New York Giants, right, for saving you from Urban Meyer drafting Kadarius Toney a few years ago. At least we got Travis Etienne with that pick, right, and he's good. Wasn't as efficient this year. Just drafted him in the third round this morning. I got, uh, I think, six drafts going. My first six of the year for 2024. There we go. Just cracking the seal a little bit. Um, And anyway, um, you know, we were just talking on the break there, like, what will Kansas City do? Kansas City's got about $5 million more in cap space than the Jags, and they also don't have to potentially fit like a $22 million cap figure for their soon-to-be free agent pass rusher under the franchise tag, right? Well, it depends on how you figure Chris Jones and what he's going to cost. True, true. Although Chris yeah. Jones did say yesterday, I'm back. I'm coming yeah. back. I want to be here for the next three years. So maybe they do work something out. But he could. they could end up having to do that. But it wouldn't be anything different than what the Jags have. No. To do in terms of availability, but you know the the moves the Chiefs had made, Tony, as we were talking about on the break, draft Sky Moore bust, uh, trade for Gadarius Tony, looking like a bust, yeah, at this point in time, and draft Rasheed Rice, who looks like he might be a good player, decent player, but yeah, the, who's presumably their number one receiver. He caught six for thirty nine in the Super Bowl. Mahomes dominated, one MVP. Through a couple touchdowns to a couple guys that are, yeah. you know, if you put Nicole Hardman on this team, yeah. you do nothing. I mean, you look at, it's remarkable that they won the Super Bowl this year, obviously, but two years ago with the wide receiver group they had, you know, having spent the pick on more, trading for Kadarius Toney and Justin Watson basically having to be the take-the-top-off guy. Yeah. That you, was well, enough. You have a Hall of Fame tight end. Right. I mean, you do have that. And they're going to have that for a couple of more years, you would think, maybe with Kelsey. Whenever he hangs it up, though, what are they going to do to change the way they're building everything? You know, on that offensive side of the ball to surround Mahomes with more because they'll have to focus more on that kind of thing. I'm curious to see what exactly that's going to look like uh, there in Kansas City. But while they still have Kelsey going. Right, and you know he's coming back for at least this year. Right, he he did say if uh, Andy Reid retires, he's walking out the door with him. Well, if if – you're Andy Reid, and if they were to win a third in a row, come on, man. Like, what could there possibly be? Like, a better time? Okay, like, well, what are you going to – all right, so now you're 66-year-old Andy Reid, and you're like, damn, I could be coaching Patrick Mahomes, and instead I get it, I'm, but... I'm eating hamburgers by myself at the, <laughs> you know, the Woolworths. Or... Yeah, well, then you're not having to do anything but eat hamburgers by yourself at the Woolworths. I don't know. I, I can't speak for Andy Reid. All I know is they're they're getting the band back together for 2024, uh, certainly. Yes, and they are. Of course, they got the, the group together yesterday for the Super Bowl parade, and we hear word of a shooting. And uh, honestly, it's stunning to me that as many people got shot and only one person died. Mm-hmm. You know, um, honestly, this doesn't seem like a person who set out with an arsenal, like, I'm going to go shoot a bunch of people, right? This seemed more like maybe – Something sparked it, you know, between individuals. Got in a fight. And, the the, the yeah. woman who got killed was a radio, a Tejana radio DJ. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, she looked like she was a mom. She looked like nice family woman. Doesn't look like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about her. You know what I mean? But no, it, yeah. I don't know if she was the target of it, if she was caught in a crossfire, whatever the case, Tone. But really, with as many different 
circumstances where we've had people set out with an arsenal of guns to kill as many people as possible. Yeah. I mean, knock on wood, I'm not giving anybody ideas here, but I'm, I'm a little bit surprised in a situation like this that it hasn't happened prior to this, you know, or that or, or that it hasn't been somebody set out. And who knows? Maybe we'll find out differently about whoever's involved in this. Apparently, the that, investigation. There is might ongoing. be multiple yeah. people that they're talking to. Um, but, you know, at a game, you, know, you go back to like the 70s. Was it the movie Black Sunday? You know, about the a terrorist attack at the Super Bowl. Uh, and they they mixed in actual footage of a Super Bowl in that movie, and mm-hmm. you know I think somebody was trying to like explode a blimp or something in, at the Super Bowl, you know. Which you know, the, the, if you've ever been to an NFL game, you understand the level of security is fairly high, right? You're going through metal detectors, you're going through multiple points where you know hopefully something gets detected, gets stopped before it gets in there. I'm not saying it would be impossible to sneak something in, but it would be more difficult Mm -hmm. than walking into Walmart or anything like that. And in a circumstance like this, I mean, how do you vet hundreds of thousands of people in the street? It's It's almost impossible, right? So you're on the lookout. And they say the one guy um, tackled what they they suspect is somebody involved. Again, we don't know how many people pulled triggers, who's involved or what, right? But – that a bunch of people were running one way. This guy was running against the flow, and somebody's yelling out, hey, tackle that guy. Stop that guy. And this guy did. He, he's like, I had the angle. You know, all, mm-hmm. all kidding. So, like, I, I was in perfect position. I tackled him, and as I tackled him, a gun, I don't know if he's carrying it or if it was in his jacket or whatever, a gun came, like, clattering out on the mm-hmm. ground. And he, he's like, I don't know. Maybe he has another one. I'm going to hold him down. And the police quickly arrived there and jumped on it. But you ever see videos like that? Or even in just, like, a movie. And you see somebody running through the streets, like knocking people over. You know what I mean? And yeah. and people are like, "Hey, stop that guy!" And nobody does anything. And you always wonder what would you do? At least I do. What would I do in that circumstance? Would I stop? For one thing, you don't know what they're running from and why they're running, right? You don't know what they've done. And in today's society, you tackle somebody on the street, and who knows if they're not? Yeah. You know, if it, if it's like. If it's not this kind of level thing, next thing you know, you're getting sued for something. But mm-hmm. uh, thank goodness that somebody was willing to step up. And, and it's pretty – when you know, when somebody's running in that situation, there's mass panic and somebody's yelling tackle them. I think uh, you take your chances. I, I think the jury will probably understand that, uh, you know, but unless they, you end up breaking yeah. the guy's neck or something like that. And I guess that's always a possibility. So I, m- the bottom line to me is, A, sucks that it happens. Period. It's right? a tragedy. It yeah. is. But secondly, could have been so much worse. I mean, if that many people are being treated for gunshot wounds and only one person has died, it's terrible that one person has died. And all these kids are going to be traumatized for maybe life. Who knows? Yeah, right? I know. Part of the stories coming out with the, the kids, all of them are expected to make full recoveries, which physically is good news physically. But they're already, you know, getting them into the counseling that they're, uh, as they they're should going to need. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's just once again, crazy times out there, man. And, uh, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel everywhere. But what's supposed to be a citywide day of celebration, mm-hmm. you know, just turns into that and becomes the, the predominant story. And I'm just glad that more people weren't seriously hurt even though several people apparently still in critical condition 
uh, from it. So we don't know. Again, I, I don't know the details. I don't know the motivations. I don't know any of it. Not trying to pretend like I do. No, they're uh, investigating it. And I'm sure as public as all this was, that whatever details can be made available to the public are going to be. You know, like everyone's got their ears up on this one. You know, what the heck happened? Who are the people that did this? What led to this kind of thing happening at an event? Like, like it's crazy, right? And 12 kids needing to go to a children's hospital to get attention. You know, what is going on? Right. Right? Like, everyone's what is going on and what are the repercussions going to be? You know, the aftermath of all these things happening, I I don't know. You know, like... And there's a hope here in Jacksonville that at some point in the next several years we're going to have a Super Bowl parade, right? And what I is, hope so. Like, what is the atmosphere of a Super Bowl parade going to be, you know, in the years to follow after something like this happens at an event like that in Kansas City? I don't know what the answers to any of those things are, but everyone's paying attention to see what the fallout's going to be from this. And hopefully anyone who – any of the victims who were injured – recover that are still in the recovery process to this point we know at least one person died and that's it's that's as bad as it gets and all these families have to deal with the the fallout from what happened you know it's not like you just walk away and say oh well that was an interesting day right you know like that's not how you're, that you're works you're fine next time you're in a crowd right 12 yeah. year old kid who i mean who come on just got shot and you know I, and again when they say kids i don't know it could be minors doesn't matter way too many people ages six to 15 is that is that was, the range? It was twelve children that were treated, ages six to fifteen, that were shot. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, right? there was like some children's. Was it like a daycare thing or something like right there by where the shooting took place? And it, because it seems like a, a ridiculously high percentage. And I know you're going to have your kids at the parade and all that, but absolutely, you know, these kids are probably attended by adults. It's a school day, and and you got to have them. At, I don't know. It's just a. Very weird circumstance, and we'll find out more about it. Somebody mentioned uh, The Sum of All Fears, another movie yeah. uh, where, I think it was it the Vikings and the Chargers played in the Super Bowl in that I one. Who, and they, I know it, it was a game. They're going to try to like set off a nuke at the Super Bowl yeah. in, in that Tom Clancy uh, book. The book was pretty good. The movie, eh, not as great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, you know, certainly not nearly as important as the real-life uh, impact of what happened yesterday. And again, it's not like us sitting here in Jacksonville – are smarter than anybody else or have the answers to any of society's problems. You just hate to see this kind of stuff continue to happen. Uh, so let's, uh, let's turn the page here on that, come back, and take a look at more football-related stuff, including uh, CBS Sports putting out a list of the top free agents. Where do guys like Calvin Ridley fit in in this mix? And who on this list should the Jaguars be interested in or whom? should they be interested in uh, pursuing if they can clear up calf space to maybe make a splash with one signing mm-hmm. this offseason. We'll take a look at that when we return in a moment. 641-1010 if you want to get in. You're Jaguars today. Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day asking you if you could ask one question of new Jaguars defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen at his introductory press conference today. What would you ask? We'll roll through some of those as well as we get into Hour 2 of the program. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. I should have told you to come back with some Bob Marley and the Whalers there, uh, Pockets. Uh, I went to see One Love with my One Love, Heather, yesterday. 
on our anniversary, and it was okay. It was kind of a vibe more than anything. I wouldn't go in there looking for like a big through line on the plot. You know, it's kind of like what was Bob Marley up to in the mid to late 70s kind of thing. It was good. I liked it. But, uh, you know, the guy who played, uh, what's the guy, the actor's name? Um, the uh, the guy who played in Secret Invasion, right? Um, ben something. The, the guy who played Bob Marley in this. I can't think of the actor's name. It's got like the hyphenated last name. Um, what is it? Come on. You know who it is. There he is. Uh, Kingsley Ben-Adair. That's who it is, right? He does most of the singing. Oh, I know his face more than I know his name. Right, yeah. and, and I've seen him in other things, too, and I'll go yeah. back now, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who will go on to do this, you know, that kind of thing. But it was good. I mean, it was worth it. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Uh, the music was good, but it, if you're going in there expecting to hear, the like, the Bob Marley soundtrack off right. Legend, you're not going to get that, <laughs> you know, because it's really – the actors and actresses playing Marley in the band that are doing the singing. Anyway, okay. it was yeah. decent, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, not, you know, not a 10 or anything like that, but uh, a worthwhile distraction. All right, uh, Tony, CBS Sports, for some reason, this laptop doesn't want to cooperate with CBS Sports this morning, but I got it on my phone here. They mm-hmm. did the ranking of the top 25 offensive free agents here. Now, knowing a lot of these guys are going to be taken off the board. Sure. So, let's presume that the Jags, obviously they're going to want to re-sign Ridley, right? But if they don't, they're, you if they have money to sign Ridley and they don't, they're going to have money to direct in other avenues. So, no yeah. we understand there's going to be an interest in Ridley uh, with the Jags bringing him back. Uh, I mean, you heard Trent Baalke talk about him a few weeks ago. You heard Trevor Lawrence say he'd like to have him back. Ridley has said he'd like to be here. Uh, you know, let's make it happen. Um, but who are, going through this list, who are the others you think the Jags would show any interest in? I, I will read them all, even though some of them are going to be obvious, that they mm-hmm. they won't have interest, such as in Kirk Cousins, nope. who's number one, right? Clearly not going to have interest in. Um, you know, the trio of wide receivers, yeah, I think they'd have interest in any of these guys let me ask you, how do you feel about Michael Pittman Jr.? I think if you were to bring in Pittman, which I don't think is a terrible idea. But how many I catches do, did Pittman have this year? But I do think you know? it'll be cost. I know it was over 100. It's 109. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For 11.52 and yeah, 4. Don't we I, have that? Isn't that Evan Ingram? I mean, isn't that very similar? It's Zay, right? Like, it's a higher-end Zay Jones to me, right, as far as what he would be asked to do and the production you'd get out of him. That's how I'd feel about Pittman. I don't think it's unreasonable to take a look at that if he does hit free agency and you're not bringing Calvin Ridley back. That's okay. I don't think he's necessarily the guy that's going to be – that's a one, right? Like, I don't think that's necessarily what he is, and I don't think that they would spend the money that you would have to spend to get Pittman. Right, I expect Pittman, as we've talked about, to go back to the Colts. That's I think they'll franchise him if right. they have to, and and he's going to. I'm just up curious because I know you'd be interested in T. Higgins, and I think you'd be interested in Mike Evans, even with the age, because Absolutely. of the track record of production. Is Absolutely, so outstanding. I think Pittman is a more productive Zay Jones type. Right, I think that you put him in there with Christian Kirk, that you can get a lot out of your pass game with Pittman and Christian Kirk being your one-two. I think that's an effective one-two as a wide receiver group, depending on what you want to do beyond those All guys. right, so you're 2-3-4, and again, this is just the offensive side. 
Mm-hmm. All right, we're looking at uh, Higgins, Evans, Pittman. Boom, boom, boom. Right there. Good yep. old uh, right. So Cousins, obviously quarterback, not going down that road. So that your top four guys are off the board. What about Tyron Smith, the Cowboys? I mean, I sure if he. I, I can't see them being a I, player I, there, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't let. I don't see the Cowboys letting them walk either. And, and even if he did, though, like at this stage, he's not the Tyron Smith he was a few years ago. No, he's still good. But at what cost is he going to come to you? You've got multiple options at the tackle position. I'm not saying they're better than Tyron I'm Smith. I'm with you. I wouldn't spend the money you have to spend on Tyron Smith at tackle this offseason. Right. No. Like, it would be an upgrade, but it's it's not a hole at the moment. You know what I mean? I mean, there's not that you can't spend your money on upgrades, right? And that's important. You can't just settle and say we're good enough. But sometimes you have to go, well, we got nothing here. At least we've got a guy we can play with here. Yeah. We got to focus our attention on the nothing. Like when we get to guards on this list, that'll be much more, okay, what do you think about that guy? Right? Like what is that going to cost? All right, Marquise Brown, they rank ahead of Ridley on this list. 51 catches, 574, four touchdowns last year. I mean, I think I think of him as a field stretcher is what he is. And maybe he does a little bit more than that. I mean, I'd have some interest in Marquise Brown. But if he's going to be – if you presume those top three guys are gone, I think whatever he makes is probably going to get jacked up. You know? You and think, yeah. if that's the case, I don't know – I don't want to invest in him even like he's Christian Kirk, I don't think. I'd have to go and look at Marquise Brown's full – Yeah, I'm pulling him up now. Yeah, what, what, like give me his best season. I bet he's been – has he been a 1,000-yard guy like once? Yes, 2021 he had 1,000 yards. He had 91 catches, 1,008 yards, six touchdowns. His third year there in Baltimore, then he got traded. Um, it was 584, 769, 1,008, 709, 574. Is what he's done. And but, he averaged 11 yards a catch. Like, so even you think of him, because he, he's blazing fast, right? Yeah. He had 91 catches because I don't think they had anybody else to catch the yeah. ball. Like you look at him in Baltimore specifically, a guy with his size, seven, eight, and six touchdowns ain't bad. Right? No, like, the, the like, touchdowns are good, but the yards per catch to me is surprisingly low for yeah. as fast as he is, you know, to be at like 11.6. And have not been over eleven point three. Screen them too much or something, right? That's what I'm saying. Like I felt like that ninety one reception season was like we're going to get the ball in his hands, let him do some run after the catch, stuff like that. And it's a lot of short stuff. I don't think of him as an alpha. He's a nice guy to have on your depth chart, but I don't think he's a team's number one wide receiver. So I'm not going to invest the money that's likely going to take to land. Marquise Brown for me Probably anyway yeah. now maybe maybe I'm wrong about what the cost is you know and that's the thing mm-hmm. trying to project this we mentioned it yesterday Corey Davis signed with the Jets a few years back got a three-year deal was getting like 11 or 12 a year 11 or 12 million and I thought well DJ Charks that's kind of who he is and then DJ had hardly any market at all so it's it's hard to know you know how other teams are going to feel about these guys let's move off Marquise Brown Trent Brown tackle Offensive for the Patriots tackle. right yeah. so same thing um, Connor Williams, the Dolphins center. That's interesting. And I think they're going to have to let him hit free agency because they're going to have to figure out what to do with Dexter, right? Like, I, I think that 
the prioritizing one of the two, because of the way the tag works on offensive line, they'd have to be given Connor Williams' top 10 tackle money. Tackle money. Right? right. They're not doing that. Like, Connor Williams is likely to hit the free agent market and will be the best center available on the market. And look, if the Jags want to go heavy in on that, okay. Right? I'm wouldn't fine that, with them being very competitive on that. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Wouldn't that be, like, but honestly. I don't think they will, what, what but are the I'd, chances be, that, I'd love for them to do it. What are the chances that they're playing poker a little bit with any of their uh, – I, I mean, I, I don't feel like they play a lot of poker, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they tell you what they feel about guys, and it's there for you. Like, if you want to know, like, you go back to early in the season with Doug Peterson making comments about how, you know, the press clippings, we're reading our own press clippings yeah. a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. And we find out that – Became that was a prevalent thing. Trevor Lawrence just addressed that, right? And that this was an issue. They they let that kind of seep out into the public consciousness. Now, granted, when it comes to players, you know, on the one hand, Trent Baalke will tell you Josh Allen's got to be back, right? On the other hand, when he says, "I'm not going to go down that road with Cam Robinson. I'm not going to play the what if game." Well, you'll play it with one guy. You won't play it with the other. That mm-hmm. to me is him telling you that you need to be prepared that there could be a move there. Everything I hear about Fortnite, yeah, he needs to get stronger, but it's generally coming from a point of praise for Luke Fortner's done a good job with this position, which is makes me think Connor Williams is not even on the radar right now. Although he's a versatile guy. He's played, you know, little everything. He was a tackle in college and has played guard as well. Yeah. I I, I do think it is – Clear that most of the fan base, you and I included, would be fine if they move on from Fortner. That that could be a priority to form this offseason. That's fine if the way that they that's the way they wanted to handle it. I'm with you though. I don't think we've heard anything from the team that indicates you know what? No, there ain't no way Fortner's going to be our center next year. And I don't blame them for not coming out and saying no. Fortner's not going to be the center because right now. You haven't hit free agency. You haven't started the draft. He could be the center next year. Why would you burn him? Right? Like, why at this point in the offseason coming out of the year would you be like, no, 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 no to that guy when you don't know what the options are actually going to be? No, you don't. But you you can also, you know. Like, they put it as softly as they can with him. And I'm with you that they are more soft than they have to be with Fortner. Right, you could put them on a little bit more firm notice. Which makes you think that they're okay. Like, they're not just, we're leaving the door open to it, that they're okay if Fortner's their opening day center for the third year in a row. Uh, Miami guard Robert Hunt, please. Yes, please. please. Can I just have, I just want three things now. Just three things. I want five things. I'm sorry, I just changed it. (laughs) I want Josh Allen back with the Jags. Yes. Long-term deal preferably, but I want Josh Allen back. Okay, I want Calvin Ridley back as well. Mm-hmm. Then I just want three other things, just three other things. I want all the children of the world to join yeah. hands and say, <laughs> give us Connor Williams, uh-huh. Robert Hunt, and Christian Wilkins. Can oh. I get those three Is guys from Miami? <laughs> just, just from Miami, though. They're, we'll keep them in state, uh-huh. right? So We'll they find to... a way to pay all five of those guys. Okay. Just those five. Yeah. All right. I don't, I'm, I don't, I, and then whatever we get in the draft. Mm-hmm. We'll sell them on no state tax. No state. Well, and, and they're they're used to that because they played in Miami. Yes, right? they are. So, you know, you don't want to play. They can it. still play together. That's what you saw. Absolutely. Like, you guys are friends. Let's go. We can get a house. We're together. keeping the band together. We'll keep you know get a little flat for you. <laughs> you know down. And have you heard? We're building up downtown. It's coming. Any are you now. comfortable blocking for a right-handed quarterback? Oh well, that that could be the 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 yeah. thing that really spoils this whole idea. Anyway. <laughs> 
Those are the three, please. Mm-hmm. Just those three. <laughs> or if I can't get them, I, I don't know much about this guy. Andre James. You know who Andre James is? Uh, is that the Vegas center? Yes. Um, teams always need average starting center play, and James can provide it. This is the 11th best offensive free agent, according to CBS. He can provide average center play. Teams need that. Eek. I mean, I don't know much about him, but all right. I mean, I think if, if you signed anybody who has that C after their name as yeah. a positional list, uh, people will be excited about it. Yeah. Uh, Saquon, not Ooh. going the running back route here. Um, Kevin Dotson, there's a guy some think is the best available yeah. guard out there in free agency. Isn't he a little bit older, if I'm not mistaken? Um, maybe not that old. Um, absolute mauler in the run game. That's what we need, right? I mean, I feel like obviously you got to protect your quarterback, but the quarterback's got to be able to protect himself. Dotson's 27. Bit. Is he 27? Okay. Yeah. It feels like he's been around a little bit longer. Yeah. No, I'll take him then. He's my fallback. To, I feel, though, that that like he's the mauler. They want the Robert Hunt guy who can get out and pull and get out in space and do so. I mean, Hunt is my preference if we go that route. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, no. Nope. Uh, not going the running back route. Uh, Mike Onwenu, uh, who plays both left and right guard. Like the Guys like this, they sign a guy like – now, that guy may be Ezra Cleveland. For us, right? Because you have him in-house, and mm-hmm. there's something you liked about him that you identified that made you go out and bring him in, and you feel like he's a good fit for your offense. He's still only 25 years old. Uh, you're not going to go Dalton Schultz. Uh, no. Dalton Reisner, another guard. There's a lot of interior linemen yes, there are. in free agency that could be intriguing. And again, you know, wouldn't you love to know what exactly they feel about Cooper Hodges? You know, just are you really counting on this guy or is he just a wild card to get in the mix? Uh, Tony Pollard at 18, not going to go that road. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, he now there's a guy who's been around for a while. Uh, but do they yeah, go he's the almost 34? Turns right. 34 do you, do you go that March. route, uh, though? I mean, for two years, I bet he'd be an upgrade of what we have right now. Mm-hmm. But what is he going to want? Do you want to go that veteran route where you tie up that money in a guy who may be declining a la? Brandon Sheriff, right? Not going to go the Baker Mayfield route. He's at twenty. Derrick Henry. People, I think people kind of wish cast that one a little bit, you know, because he's local. Mm-hmm. I don't see Derrick Henry coming here to be the backup to Travis Etienne. Me either, right? And uh, I don't see them investing. In- Jonah Williams is interesting, yeah, because he can play guard and tackle, and he can play on both sides. So I kind of like that mm-hmm. idea, you know. If you wanted to go to, if you, especially if you didn't really love the idea of. Walker Little just being a step-in starter right, this year. Yeah. You know, and you either flip Harrison to the left side or keep him where he is, let Jonah Williams, let him come in and compete, figure it out, you know, and that would be with the idea that he would be cheaper than what you're investing, uh, cheaper than the $16 million you're saving on Cam Robinson mm-hmm. on the cap. Uh, a couple more here, Austin Eckler, nope, not going to go that route. Makai Becton, uh, just weight issues. You know what I mean? I feel like he's a, an underachiever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jonah Jackson, who's a Lions guard. So there's a lot of interior offensive line help if you can clear the cap space to make it happen and you decide to invest in that route. Uh, and again, yeah. uh, by the way, you didn't see Ezra Cleveland's name or hear Ezra Cleveland's name no. on that list. So, But now there's again, 12, half the list is offensive line. It is, but 
they're telling you your guy is not better than yeah. these guys. Now, that's one person at CBS's opinion yeah. on that. And he I've may seen, be the next guy. Who I've knows? seen Ezra yeah. Cle- right. And I've seen Ezra Cleveland ranked higher than that in other yeah. free agent listings as well. Um, so, really, comes down to how they feel about it. Uh, 6 4 one 10 Let me get Jason and Julington Creek in before we hit the break. Jason, good morning. You're on Jaguars today. Morning, Jim. I'll make it quick. A little bit of history. Uh, Jacksonville native. So before we had the Jags, I've always been a Dolphins fan. Okay. Dolphins 1A, Jags 1B. Connor Williams, he's been a disappointment for us. A hey, respect to the guy. We're going to resign him, even if we could afford it. We're looking to move on. I love my Jags, too. I wouldn't want to see Jacksonville get stuck with him. He's just, but that's just my opinion. I've watched every millisecond, every snap he snapped in Miami. What, what, what is guy. it? Let me just ask you, just because I yes, don't, sir. you know, I don't study Miami's offensive line. I'm going by these rankings a little bit here. What is it? Where, where is he most efficient, in your opinion? Is he uh, a pass protection, run blocking, what? Pass protection and, and when he hikes the ball. A lot of times, Tua's picking it up off the ground. He does a lot of high hikes. And I mean, we played the rest of the year, last, what, three games without him. And Eichenberg didn't do too shabby, so I think we'll be looking up to move on from him. We'll retain Wilkins, and hopefully we can keep Hunt. All right, appreciate it, Jason. That and this is Jason's opinion. We appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you, and uh, hopefully you can't. And he comes to Jacksonville, but <laughs> I guess I don't have uh, Miami is not my one A or B. But I understand your perspective. I, I will say this, and again, we know how flawed these rankings can be. These grading systems can be sure, but they make an effort at Pro Football Focus, more so than we do. They're at least watching the snaps, trying to figure out what they think the assignment is and how well did that guy execute that assignment on that snap. And Connor Williams last year overall graded out at 86.5. That's, that's very really good. That's really, really yeah. good. Now, again, this is Jason's perspective, and I, th- I think we feel that way. We do that a lot. We talked about yesterday, Tone. We're so close to all the issues the Jags have. We we kill that draft. That draft's a D. It's a D minus. It's whatever. And then somebody at NFL.com gives it a B, and you start comparing it to some other similar teams and what they did, and it, it may be that we are more down on what we see every single day as the flaws, whereas you know, a guy who watches Miami every week may see Connor Williams' flaws more magnified. Um, he played, according to PFF, he played 497 snaps, uh, had seven penalties, which it's not a, that's not great. It was mm-hmm. tied for six, and he only allowed one sack, though. Again, this is according to PFF. Mm-hmm. So um says centers with at least 20% of the league's highest volume are ranked in these rankings. So, okay, you know, he, he played plenty enough snaps to be ranked there. Yep. I, and again, I'm not disputing what Jason saw with his eyes, right? It's kind of like, hey, we look at Juwan Taylor like, 20-something million dollars, and he goes out there, and now he's your starting tackle for your Super Bowl champs sure. this year, and they felt he was worth that. So, How long has he been a center? Uh, Connor Williams? Yeah. Well, he, uh, he, I know he played some guard, right, yeah. in the pros? So Yeah. I thought, like, wasn't he Dallas? Maybe, uh, was it just this year that he played center? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure about that. But, look, again, I don't think it's likely because I don't think the Jags are going down – the center road, at least not with like I yeah, love spent the first four years with Dallas left guard, left guard. Okay, um, I love Jackson Powers Johnson, 
and I love seeing him in those mock drafts to the Jags in the first round, the center out of Oregon. I just don't think they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope I'm wrong on that, and, and my feeling about it has no impact on what actually happens, but I just don't get the sense they're going to, after, you know, at least, as we said, not going as hard on Luke Fortner as we think they should, that they're going to invest a first-round pick or a high-dollar contract mm-hmm. on a guy to replace him when you've got, right now, literal a hole at left guard, and by the time free agency rolls around, probably a hole at right guard as well because you let Brandon Sheriff walk. Sure. Whereas at least Luke Fortner, you got a guy with two years of starting experience at the center position. I'm not saying it's good, people. I'm not trying to sell you on Luke Fortner. You yeah. know, but the, the Luke Fortner, the anti-Luke Fortner crowd, yeah. hears it that way. If they replaced all three of those positions this offseason, okay. Uh, okay. You know, Fantastic. Like, like that'd be fine, but they may not. And likely won't. Right. Like it's that's a lot. Like I think Ezra Cleveland's gonna get re signed and be one of the starting guards. Right? So then you're replacing maybe the other two. I'm not saying that I'm against them doing that. I'd be on board with them doing that, but look, it we just went through the list. Twenty five, the top offensive free agents. Twelve of them are on the offensive line. Right. And only a couple are tackled. Right. So like they're, they're out there. There's a lot of things they can do to maneuver in the spots where we're talking about. And maybe you can get a Zeitler for like five million bucks maybe. a year because he's played a long time and he just wants to play for a team he thinks can contend, you know, for a deep playoff run. And when you've got that many guys out there, they're working against each other to see who gets the big deal too. You know, there there are only so many big deals to be given out. So somebody may be left holding the bag, uh, so to speak, or not holding the bag, as the case may be. All right, uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll go around the National Football League. Look at some of your responses as well to the question of the day, asking you if you had a chance to ask new defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen a question today at his introductory press conference coming up in a little over two hours. You'll hear it here on uh, the radio on 1010 AM and 92.5 FM. Uh, What would you ask? And we'll get into that when we come back on the other side. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. I was thinking all this in the car last night, Pocket. It's not going to put you through it right now, though. You're welcome. Hand in the air. Uh, no, no hand in the air. I just kind of close my eyes, let my dreads flip from side to side. You know how I do. Of course, I was driving. That's not ideal. All right, uh, let's get to today's question today. But first, Tony, why don't you take us uh, for a quick look around the rest of what the National Football League is dealing with today. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The San Francisco 49ers are firing defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after just one season with the team. The Denver Broncos have signed linebacker Jonas Griffith to a one-year deal. Griffith was set to be an exclusive rights free agent there in Denver. Philadelphia signed former Detroit pass rusher Julian Aquara to their 90-man roster. And as we discussed earlier in the show... And the whole world is discussing the Kansas City victory parade ended in tragedy yesterday with three people having been arrested already after gunshots were fired that resulted in the death 
of at least one person, the injury of over 20 others, including 12 children. Many of those injuries needed intensive care after the incident. Counseling already arranged for the children that are all going to survive whatever level of wounds that they suffered uh, during the incident yesterday, but obviously a tragedy there in Kansas City during their victory parade after the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. The uh, Steve Wilkes thing is interesting because Kyle Shanahan said there wouldn't be any major uh, coaching changes expected them all to be back and then uh, fired his defensive coordinator. And some have likened it to like the Jags with Mike Caldwell in that, well, you got an offensive-minded head coach and if he's firing offensive staff, it's more of an indictment on him than if you go the other way. And you can make the argument that, you know, certainly here in Jacksonville, uh, the the defense was better than the offense this mm-hmm. year, or at least played above expectation more than the offense For did sure there. this year. In San Francisco, they had some pretty good defensive rankings, but they did kind of backslide a little bit in the postseason and uh, gave up some, you know, rushing on the ground that we're not accustomed to seeing. They're good on offense as well, and if they had not made a move, I don't think any would have been surprised Shanahan said it ended up just not being the right fit okay don't you like in in what regard with the personnel that they have um said the system didn't align with what San Fran ran previously did you not know that when you hired him right you know this is a little little bit odd to me I I don't know if it's I mean I'm not out there we don't know but I've seen a lot of people reacting as if they feel Wilkes is a scapegoat today. I, I don't know if they needed a scapegoat. You know, they went to – I don't think anybody was saying, man, how did Steve Wilkes – how did he not stop Patrick Mahomes? When no one else has been able to, I can't believe that guy didn't stop Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in a game-winning drive situation in the Super Bowl. So, if yeah. you remember in the Super Bowl, not to cut you off, Tony, there was no, – it was the second half where Kyle Shanahan called a timeout when the defense was on the field because they didn't like the matchup or yeah. the personnel or something, and that was like – it seemed like in the moment I was like, okay, this is like bigger. This is something bigger than like we don't know about. Like th- this something's not right here. Like he's not agreeing what the defense is doing. And I think that was kind of a percolation of like, I don't know, maybe what's something something that's happened all year. Right. If it's if that's been happening, uh, and that's the thing, we don't know what's been happening behind the scenes, right? It certainly could be that. Um, but it, it's odd then that he would come out and say, no, I think the whole staff will be back. And then, but then again, you know, Doug Peterson's like, "Hey, let me evaluate." And then a few hours later, everybody's out the right, door. At yeah. least the whole defensive staff is out the door. But anyway, that's their issue to deal with right now. Um, and now you got to find a defense coordinator where you know several guys that might have been intriguing candidates are at least off the market at this point in time. Yep. One of them might have been Ryan Nielsen. Who knows if they would have had interest in him or not? Uh, he will have a press conference today. At 1.30, we asked today uh, if you could ask new Jaguars defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen a question at this press conference, what would you ask? There's so many things. I, 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 there's not just one you can boil this down to, right? And part of it, you have to go in thinking, what is the likelihood that I'm going to get a truly honest answer mm-hmm. out of him? Is he really going to be brutally honest? Pox, why don't you fire up today's 10-10 take? 10 10 take now mike dempsey's 10 10 take brought to you by leonard truck accessories i'll say that i'm not gonna ask ryan nielsen about josh allen and, and contract situation and all the, uh, that that's not his no area you know he's gonna defer on that anyway to the front office you know th- there's so many things a 
how are you going to utilize Trayvon Walker? And I don't expect him to give you all the, well, you know, when we've got this kind of matchup, we're going to move him here to exploit this, and when we do this, it's going to mean this for this guy. He's not going to give away the game plan, but I think it's reasonable to ask, where do you envision Trayvon Walker being most effective, ultimately? You know, as a kind of a hybrid where he rushes from the outside and then moves inside on third down, or is he purely an edge rusher? Does he fit best as a 4-3 end compared to a 3-4 outside linebacker? All that's fair game. I'm curious how he feels about this cornerback group and how much man he does want to play and whatever system he wants to play, how he feels the defensive back personnel on this roster currently line up with it. Because as much as we're sitting here talking about Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley and other guys that need contract extensions, Tyson Campbell is going to be the next big guy that we're talking about. And this is a guy that for a lot of us, Tony, we're like, well, we hoped that 2023 would be the year that Tyson Campbell firmly plants himself in the conversation at at maybe a top 10 corner in Mm -hmm. the National Football League. I mean, I think he's got that kind of talent, but I don't think he's there. Not consistently, anyway. So do you think that, maybe I'd boil it down to this. Do you think Tyson Campbell can be a star in the way you envision your defense running here in Jacksonville? I'm curious, because I think a lot of Jaguar fans are counting on him becoming a star down the line. And we talk about homegrown talent getting second contracts. There aren't many guys like that. He's going to be one of the next candidates up once you figure out all the contracts you're giving out this offseason. Yeah, that was the big one to me is basically what is Tyson Campbell? Like, what do you envision Tyson Campbell being in your defense along those lines of what you were just discussing there? I, I, I'm i with you. You know, 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, I don't think it makes all that big a difference, right? Like, whether they wanted to run one or the other. Like, Guarantee the word multiple comes right. up. And even asking questions about how he feels about the personnel they have and whether that allows him to run the kind of defense he wants to run. I think you ask him that kind of question, he says, look, we're going to run what we need to run. Right. And I feel confident that we're going to have the players in place and we're going to adjust however we need to adjust to be as effective as we can be as a defense. Like those are the kind of answers you're going to hear on a day like today. It's not going to be a bunch of details, but I do think the Tyson Campbell one is interesting because he didn't have the big year last year and the injuries got in the way and everyone's waiting on him to take a big step Mm -hmm. up. I mean, top 10. Heck. Last offseason, there were people talking about Tyson Campbell may end the season as a top five corner in the league, right? Like, that was not out of the realm of possibility with the way that he was being discussed. And or at least hope to not right, be out of the realm of possibility. Right, and it just didn't happen. So I do think Tyson Campbell is the most interesting one, but I think that speaks to are you only – do you only want to play that man press stuff and how effective a player is Tyson Campbell doing that? And if he's not and he is your best corner – then it's the plan, well, you know, we'll adjust and adjust we'll do more to your zone. Personnel, right, right. Like, I, that's what they're going to have to do because that's going to be the personnel, right? Like, I do think to some degree that kind of thing is how it's going to have to happen. And I think on a day like today, Nielsen is going to be very political with whatever answers he's going to give on. It's going to be the border of plate. Look, we're going to put together a defense, make everyone comfortable in it. We're going to do the best we can for the players that we got. I would uh, suspect by now he's, you know, probably studied some of the film before the interview, but certainly should be well-versed on the personnel that's on the defensive side. Yes. He's had plenty of time to get up to speed. I want to know a lot of that. I want to. Do you think Antonio Johnson's ready for a starting role, like an every-down role Absolutely. on this team? That's not saying you're pushing Rayshon out the door. You're not making that decision. 
not on your own anyway. So is he ready for that kind of role? What is Devin Lloyd ready for? Mm-hmm. Is he? Do you see him as an ascending talent? Uh, and what are his strengths and weaknesses? There are a lot of things, uh, particularly with some of the younger guys and right. what he sees the vision for them being for the next several years. Because this is these, we're talking about guys that are supposed to be the core of your defense moving forward. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Tyson Campbell, Devin Lloyd, Antonio Johnson should outlast most guys yes. on this roster. At this point, on the defensive side of the ball in terms of longevity from this point forward. So uh, let's come back and roll through. We've got a bunch of them submitted today on social media. Let's see as much as we can answer them for Ryan Nielsen, what we think he would say to some of these questions coming up. By the way, you won't have to guess. You'll hear from him less than two hours from now here on 1010XL 92.5 FM, and it'll stream live at jaguars.com as well. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. One more segment to go on Jaguars today here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, Tom, let's go through some of the uh, submitted questions here for Ryan Nielsen. You'll hear his press conference coming up in about an hour 45 uh, here, scheduled for 1.30 Eastern time. And uh, if you listen on the 1010XL streams or the 92.5 FM stream, we we don't stream those pressers. You can find them online at jaguars.com, but you'll hear them over the airwaves here on 1010 AM, 92.5 FM, I do believe, uh, coming up during XL primetime. So definitely stick around for that, and uh, then we'll uh, be discussing it here on 1010 XL throughout the course of the afternoon. That's what we'll get into heavily tomorrow, what Ryan Nielsen has to say when Tom McManus joins us for the show. So here are some proposed questions, some Mm -hmm. of them more serious than others, but uh, from Dr. Cliffy, besides implementing scheme, Tony, what's your biggest concern? as the new defense coordinator entering the season. I don't know how he'd answer, like, my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I guess, like, what, the way I read that question, besides making sure that they're up to date on your new scheme, mm-hmm. I would think it's it's getting to know the strengths and weaknesses of his personnel. Yeah. You know, and how he's going to utilize them as much as anything. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get an answer to that question that goes beyond me. Right, I don't right. think you're going to go. I, I got to figure out, man. Why is Chad Muma? Why can't we get him off the bench? You know, right. he's not going like, to get it's specific not gonna be, about a player. It's not going to be that. I think fans would love it if he did, but I don't think it's going to be anything beyond. I need to be acclimated with these guys, and we'll see how it works together. I don't know if this question implies that, though. You know, besides implementing scheme, what's your biggest concern? I think you know one of the things is um, it could be like. Got to do a better job stopping the run. I mean, mm-hmm. good look at the stats or whatever and something like that. But I think it's it would be something along the lines of learning the strengths and weaknesses of the personnel. Uh, Jay Villain Daniel asked, can the mayor of Saxonville come along as well? <laughs> I mean, uh, in all honesty, right, I mean, the, the Jags did reach out last year, probably low-balled Calais as it went. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty good season. He, he did. did play for Nielsen. He did. So... Is it 100% out of the realm of possibility? No, I don't no. think it is, but, uh, I, you know. That'd be awesome. I'd rather get some interior offensive linemen mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Um, how do you plan to schematically create more pressure on the quarterback and backfield? Mm-hmm. We're going to play fast. Right, we're, we're going to play, play fast. Free. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to be aggressive. Attack, attack, attack. Right. We like always that, want to attack. Like those kind of questions, that's the answer you're going to get. My philosophy is we're going to play fast. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to give these guys opportunities to make plays. Uh, this a lot of these are similar, but that's okay. From Nick, will you implement your scheme 
based on your philosophy or were you catered to the personnel created by management? I feel like this is <laughs> like this is trying to set up a, if it fails, it's because Balky gave you bad players. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, clearly you've got a, a philosophy, but if you don't have the guys that fit perfectly, like and, and here's the thing, Ryan Nielsen. How long's Ryan Nielsen? What's you know yeah. do you do you build yeah. You know what I mean? Like it how, goes back to the last answer. It's I'm going to put these guys in a position to succeed as well as I can. But I do I'm sure he does have a philosophy and I would hope they do ask him to weigh in, hey, for your yeah. for what you want to run, we got these two guys, what fits better with mm-hmm. what you want to do. And and but at the end of the day, every coach can want to run what he wants to run, but if you don't have the personnel to do it, you've yeah. got to adjust. Anybody worth a damn. Yeah is going to give you a combo answer. Yeah. Like I have a philosophy but I we're obviously it's you got to tailor your philosophy to the strengths of your players. Yeah. And I'm excited to have Josh Allen and Trayvon He's Walker. Excited I think for they're this gonna, opportunity. they're going to be awesome, right? Looking forward to working with these guys. Uh let's see. Uh who would he like Balky to target in free agency? Okay. Um not going to tell you. He's not going to tell you. That. That's uh, an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Does he plan on using uh, Trayvon Walker on the inside on pass rushing down? See, I, I think that's a reasonable question. Mm-hmm. And I think you can ask, do you feel like Trayvon Walker has the ability to to play these multiple positions? And we all feel like he does. He showed mm-hmm. it in college, right? And he's got the kind of body type that we think he could pull it off. But you want to hear it from the new guy. And, yeah. and I don't think that's giving away the game plan. You can say, yeah, I think you could probably he's see him. He's an exciting young player. We right. can use him in a lot of ways. Whatever he, we're, we, yeah. What we strive to do is find the strength of all our players and mm-hmm. put them in position to succeed. Yeah. Uh, how much did Josh Allen being in Jacksonville long-term playing your desire to take this job? Honestly, uh, I, I doubt it did. Doubt it factored yeah. in at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, you want to be a defensive coordinator, your other team's – you're not guaranteed to be back with the Atlanta Falcons. Would you like right. to continue to be a defensive coordinator in the league? Yeah. Are we going to have Josh Allen? Well, we're going to have him this year. Yeah. What that's about the that's. I'm excited to coach Josh Allen. Right. I, right. Right. I hope Josh Allen's here for a long, long time. Yeah. Say whatever you like about that. Yeah. But I, I, you know, if he's being honest, I think most of these guys, you know, if you've got options, then you could be a little bit choosy. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he didn't have any options, but um, seemed like once the Jags had a chance. To go after him, they focused their attention there, and yes, it did. got done fairly quickly once they got permission. If you could add an elite talent to this defense, which position would you prefer it to be? He might answer that as saying you can never have enough pass rush or never have enough good corner mm-hmm. guy, uh, cover corners. But I don't think he's going to get into the specifics of this is where we're deficient. Because for the one thing, you don't want him to do that. If you're a fan of the team, you want you don't want to go – Man, we got to get into this draft. We better come out with a pass rusher in the first two rounds, mm-hmm. or we better come out with a guy who can create pressure from the inside at the defensive tackle. Because position. a coach who hadn't been on the field with any of them before said it. That guy, that yeah. and and yeah, other teams may suss that out. But yeah. why be so blunt in what your yeah. needs and desires are? You know, and and give away leverage to any of your opponents. Which position group do you think needs the most improvement? I think that's again going to have to get them out there on the field. Uh, you know, hopefully, I'm going to bring improvement to all this. That's the bulk. We're always looking to improve, right? And and that, yeah. but most coaches would yeah. go down a similar road there. I don't think any coach oh, coming in as a defensive coordinator yeah. anywhere is going to go. Well, this guy really sucked, and yeah, we all not knew it. Burning right? anybody on the way in the building. Uh, what's your philosophy on making in-game adjustments to the defensive game plan or correcting mistakes? What, what do you mean? What, everyone is going to say hey, we try to. We look at everything, every snap, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what is your philosophy? Oh, I never make in-game adjustments. 
who's ever right? I mean, yeah. what what kind of answer could you possibly get to that question other than yeah, we yeah. we adjust you can accordingly. Ask some, like, are you in the booth or are you on the field? Sure, right, like that kind of thing. And what does the process of communication work with based on where you are and who you're talking to, your staff? You know, on game day, those kind of things, but that the adjustments happen the way they happen in the NFL. All right. Uh, with that, we'll hear from uh, Ryan Nielsen. We won't have to guess how he'll answer some of these yes. questions. Coming up shortly, and you'll hear that during XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right. Good morning, Matt Hayes. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Good. Uh, what would you like to hear from Ryan Nielsen today? Sure, well, a lot of things. But a lot of things. Anything in particular stand out to you? I think it would start with me. It's a, it's a simple question, honestly. What's your philosophy on get, getting off the field on third down? And I'm sure he'll say, I'm all for it, but how? Right. How do you get off the field on third down? Um, attack. Well, we're going to be saying, aggressive. I, I, right. Yeah. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to attack. We're going to look at all that. I, well, I know. Then, well, then, uh, well, then what's your philosophy on getting these guys to cover better on third I, down? I, I hear you. Bro. To me, that is the... And I don't know how he would answer it. For Tony and I, we want to know, how do you feel like the guys you have in the secondary match up with what you want to do right. defensively, right? Because we know Josh Allen will be here one way or the other. We know Trayvon. We know who the top couple of pass rushers are going to be. We know who a lot of the front seven guys. Yeah, they need some help on the the interior of the defensive line. Not suggesting that they don't. But Tyson Campbell's only got one more year left on his deal. So does Darius Williams at the moment. You know, how well do they fit? We're, we're talking – Going into last year, and people were thinking Tyson Campbell is going to be talked about among the elite cream of the crop yeah. corners yeah. after that season. He's not. That's not where he's at he right now. Yeah. He's got talent. Is yeah. that? Do you envision him as being a, a defensive stopper? You know, is he a true top of the depth chart shutdown type guy? Curious to see how he'd answer something like that. So he was dinged a lot last season too. He was no no so. question about it. I'm not. Look, I'm not trying to throw Tyson Campbell out. But this is a big, like... How does the new staff feel about him? Right. This is a yeah. big question. This is a, a... We're talking about re-signing young core guys that you draft, and we haven't had the opportunity to be excited about doing that with a lot of guys, and he's one that is coming up. Oh, and, yeah. and is he going to be a centerpiece for the next half decade here in Jacksonville or not? I think that's still to be determined. Um, we shall see. What else are you getting into today? So we'll have that press conference live at 1.30. Yep. We've got the QB whisperer, Kenny Thompson, coming up as well. Okay. Jackson College Football. All right. Beauty. All right. All right have a good show, Matt. There he goes. Matt Hayes and the crew with XL Primetime coming your way. Tommy Mack going to yep. join us in studio tomorrow. Yeah. And I do, you know, talking through it there in that segment, I, I do think maybe the most interesting things that are actually going to come out of the press conference today are, is he calling the plays on defense? Mm-hmm. And is he in the booth or on the field? I do think ultimately those are going to be the two that it's going to be, okay, that informs me a little bit about what's happening on that side of the ball. Beyond that. Who would be calling the plays if he wasn't? I, I expect him to be the guy who's calling the ball. I doubt he's delegating to anyone right. else. But today he's going to at some point say, yeah, I'm calling it. Yeah. You know, like I think those are the things that are going to come out of today and everything else is going to be coach speak. Probably so, but yeah. we'll give him a chance to surprise us. I'm, it's not that I won't be listening. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, yeah. it, it is what we have. It's, coach uh, is speaking. We listen. It's February yeah. 15th, for yes. goodness sakes. I will take absolutely every bit of coach speak that they want to throw mm-hmm. in my direction for the next several weeks, at least until free agency opens up. All right. That'll do it for us today. Thanks for playing along out there in radio land. Again, Tommy Mack tomorrow will uh, reflect on what Ryan Nielsen has to say yes, and uh, kind of go through it. 
answer by answer, and uh, you can, along with us, figure out if you feel better about things than you do at this very moment with the outlook for the Jaguars' defense, at least for 2024. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, that does it for us. Stick around. XL Primetime is coming up next. Jaguars today, back tomorrow at 10 a.m. right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.